0: Kia ora koutou. I hope that you've been having a lovely weekend and that your Christmas preparations are coming together. As you know, this week is the fourth week of Advent and we are looking at how Jesus has brought joy into our lives and into our world. Before we look at scripture, I want us to ponder on that very thought. How has Jesus brought joy into your life? How has he brought joy into our world? Now I was reflecting on this during the week. And I actually found it quite difficult to answer at first. Not because I don't have joyful moments, but rather because I often forget to attribute them to God. And The more I thought about it, the more grateful I became. I think about the family and friends that I'm blessed with. The joy of getting out in nature and experiencing the beauty and the vastness of creation. I have an ever-increasing love for gardening. There's something incredibly therapeutic and life-giving and nurturing plants to grow. The joy I get from singing and making up lyrics because I never know the actual words of the songs. These are just a few of the joyful things that that come with the gift of life. But there are also other things that are more specific to the person of Jesus. You know, I don't know if there's anything that brings me more joy than seeing him clearly at work. The way he crafts perfectly timed encounters in which I get to have faith conversations with people. The way he brings truth and clarity in the most unusual circumstances. The way he lets me know that I'm seen and not forgotten. I'll share a recent moment that I had later in the sermon, but but first I want to get into our scripture today. 700 or so years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah painted a picture of the change that the Messiah would bring. And he spoke of joy, peace, and justice, about the birth of a child, the eternal son, about a king and a kingdom that would reign for eternity. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 to 7, it is written, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. It will, fuel, it will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. In the birth of Jesus, God was fulfilling his plan of salvation. The light of the world had come not only to shine a light in the darkness, but to eventually put an end to darkness forever. It's important to remember that although this prophecy was fulfilled in and through the life of Jesus, his work is still being brought to completion. The day will come where sin and suffering and death will no longer exist. He will put an end to the rod of the oppressor for good. Every weapon and object used in war would fuel the fire. For the day will come where there will be no more use. Jesus came to establish heaven on earth, not only reconciling people back into relationship with the Father, but redeeming and restoring our broken world, bringing about peace and justice, enlarging His people and increasing our joy. As verse 3 says, we, the people of God, will rejoice. We will worship Him with praise. This passage of Scripture could be used to talk about all sorts of things. But today, I particularly want to focus on verse 3. What does it mean to be a people of joy who rejoice and give Jesus the praise that he rightly deserves? This language of joy and rejoicing is found throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, we see this whole concept of feasts and festivals where Israel celebrated and remembered what God had done. For example, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. When Jesus was born, we see the angels announce good tidings of great joy. The shepherds rejoiced when they met him. Mary wrote a song of praise about him. When Jesus told the parables of the prodigal son and the lost sheep, what happened when they returned? People rejoiced. Time and time again, we see God's people rejoice and celebrate and praise God for who he is and what he has done. And what stands out to me is the joy in which they worship with. It comes from a place of deep gratitude and passion. And I think this is a real challenge for us as a church. How often do we sing our hearts out? How often do we express our appreciation for what Jesus has done? At my last church out East Auckland, we had this partnership with a church called Otara Living Waters Baptist Church. And our churches could not be more different in culture or temperament. But it was this beautiful picture of both the diversity and the unity that we have in the body of Christ. And each year, we would get together for a combined service and a shared lunch. In my opinion, it was always the best service of the year. And the main reason was that they always brought the sense of joy and passion with them. They would clap and dance and and shout praises to Jesus. If they were given an opportunity to speak, they would share the most incredible stories of God's goodness. We brought plates. They brought trays of food. You know, they knew how to have fun. They know how to celebrate. About a month back, I was driving through Otar, and it was a couple of weeks after Samoa had lost to England in the Rugby League World Cup. And people were still celebrating the fact that Samoa had made their first World Cup final. I don't think I have ever seen more flags or heard more horns. It was absolutely incredible. It was like the Red Sea. Wouldn't it be awesome if we rejoiced and celebrated Jesus like that? Like he is no longer on the cross, but on the throne. That's how I want to worship Jesus. But we are only going to worship him like this if we have this joy and gratitude to begin with. In John chapter 15, Jesus talks about the vine and the branches and how we are to remain in him and he in us. And in verse 11, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When we come to faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in us. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy. The root, the root word for joy in the Greek is kara, which is closely related with the Greek charis, which is the word for grace. Joy is both a gift from God as well as a response to the gifts of God. On one hand, joy is a supernatural thing that comes from having the Spirit of God in us. And then on the other hand, it is a response to all that God has done for us. As followers of Jesus, we should have a sense of joy in our lives. This doesn't mean that we will always be happy and that we won't experience times of grief and pain. Suffering is an unavoidable part of life. However, joy comes from knowing that, one, Christ is with us, and two, that he is working all things together for good. In Romans 12, Paul articulates it this way, Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Christian hope, uh, Christian joy is rooted in the hope that Christ has brought and continues to bring into our lives and our world. It is not that everything is perfect, but rather that we view the world with a different lens. A number of years ago I went on a pastoral visit to someone who had recently come out of hospital. From the moment that she started talking, there was this tangible sense of joy. She could not stop talking about how good God was and how blessed she was to have such an amazing family. And then she told me this story that I will never forget. She said this, A few weeks ago, I was in hospital with a twisted bowel. I was in a lot of pain and there was nothing that was seeming to work. So the specialists decided that I needed to have surgery. And as they were pushing me on the way to theatre, I started praying, Lord, please do a miracle. Please heal me. And all of a sudden, as I was being pushed through the corridors, it all came out. And I lifted up my hands and said, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know, joy is often a matter of perspective. It's about how we choose to view life. As the well-respected pastor and author Charles Swindle writes, The longer I live, the more I realise the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance or giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude that we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have. That is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Now every day Jesus invites us to live a life of joy. We have the choice to encourage people and bring positivity into our workplaces and our families. We can choose to bring fun and laughter into the ma- mundane situations of everyday life. In the midst of grief and joy, uh, of grief and pain, we can hold on to the glimpses of joy that Christ provides. I've had to learn this uh, I've had to learn this in a whole new way this year, as my dad has been going into full-time dementia care. It's been an incredibly difficult journey in all sorts of ways, but there have also been some special moments of joy along the way. It's brought our family closer together. We've learned to laugh and to take things lightly. And there's, there's something incredibly life-giving about having a shared hope in Jesus. Now, one of my favorite moments was sitting with him in hospital after he had been experiencing delirium. He was scared and paranoid, but eventually he calmed down and I was able to chat with him about Jesus. And as I was about to leave, we had this beautiful time of prayer together. It's moments like these where I feel like the closeness of Jesus, where I am overwhelmed by the sense of joy that can only come from Christ. Whether life is good or difficult or or it just feels mundane, my hope is that we would all experience the joy that is found in Christ. That we would all be able to keep perspective in the midst of frustration. That we would be able to rejoice in what He has done for us. That we would be a people who seek to bring about fun and laughter into other people's lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came to earth for us, that you went to the cross and you overcame death, that in you we find a joy that endures even in the difficult seasons of life. Fill us with your spirit and let your joy overflow from our lives. Give us a heart of celebration and rejoicing. Help us to bring joy to those we encounter. And as we await Christmas, continue to remind us of who it is all about. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining our audio teaching today. If there are ways that we can continue to support you or help you in your journey, please reach out to us. Head to our website, windsorpark.org.nz and you'll find various ways to contact us. God bless.